Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing. Adio A. Jr. Joining me is the Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. Good morning, Blessing. Good morning, Andy. I'm getting that um, the Tetris effect, but for Valorant. Oh, where you're just seeing fucking all I'm seeing. this pad. I'm having dreams about it. Yeah. I'm having dreams that I'm pushing A-site. Got a flanker that I hear. Behind oh, me. you hear the footsteps. The one like v- Roger Corny. The one v three. There's somebody up in. There's somebody uh, in heaven, and there's somebody up in nest, and they're both got snipers. They both both got ops. I've got the bomb. I have my vandal AR. It's just like, who, who hmm. do I take care of first? How am I gonna outsmart this? Does every map have a heaven and a nest? No, tolerant? no, okay. no. But it's cool when they do. Okay. Because you, you sound like SEAL Team 6. Yeah, because somebody's know. up in heaven, and I'm like, is that just a fucking, like, yeah, blanket? Yeah. Is that, like, when somebody's jungling in, in Dota or whatever? Yeah, whenever, like, there's a map called Ascent, and uh, there's heaven up top, and then there's hell, hell down below. Depend, oh, that's Depending sick. on where they're at. Yeah, it's so cool, dude. I feel like every, like, multiplayer genre needs to do that. Like, can we do heaven and hell for fighting? I guess that's good I mean, your strife. you know, there's always call-outs, right? I always think back to... You know, playing Halo Two, and then uh, you know Abe Froman was like one of the one of the areas of one of the maps, and in here it's really cool because they have like the map, and then they'll show you like what 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 each area is called. Mm-hmm. One of the areas is called Pizza because okay. there's one of the like I guess decorations. It looks like a pizza shop or some shit like that. I forgot yeah. what. So you call that Pizza, and you call that uh, Garden or whatever the hell you call that tree because it's a big tree there. Mm-hmm. Valorant, I just can't stop freaking playing this game again. It got oh, me yeah. again, dude. He's back. He's back. I'm like having that with games that I can't talk about, where mm. I'm like, it's great to be here. You know mm. what I mean? Like, it's that thing where I'm like, man, video games are happening. I put up a tweet a few days ago. I think I might have said this yesterday, too. It was like, just video games. Shadow of the Earth Tree effect. I know, dude. I fucking wait till, they, so wait, wait till they get their hands on that. Yeah. Um, speaking of video games, I still have opened my tabs from yesterday when we were doing our video game fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. Go over to kindoffunny.com slash YouTube. No, you go to <laughs> YouTube.com. Yeah. Try, that. Try that URL. <laughs> I said kind of, and usually, like, usually when I fuck up and I do kindoffunny.com, I can just say Patreon because usually I'm like throwing a Patreon. Mm. But I was like, ah, kindoffunny.com slash. We don't have like no. a quick link to get to YouTube. <laughs> right now, Barrett is on the, the browser. He's typing in kindoffunny.com slash YouTube to see what happens. Come on, come on. Damn it. Oh, it took us to the website. Kind yeah. of. And then you, can, you go to the bottom of the website and then click yeah. the YouTube button and then it'll take you there. It's straight up just like an old person like typing in, like, no, you got no, you don't have to type in www anymore. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You, could just you don't have to in. type in HTTPS. <laughs> yeah, that's you just, they haven't had to for about two decades. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we did our face draft yesterday. You can w- listen to it now on the Gamescast feed. Um, and like, I'm strategizing still. Good, good. Like I opened up the tab and I was like, I started looking at the games that I had written down. And there's quite a few games I have listed that are left where I'm like, I could bid a dollar for this thing. Same. Maybe get it in. Yeah. Yeah. Last night uh, uh, on the drive home, um, you know, I'm Barrett's Uber driver in that moment. Mm-hmm. And Barrett's just relaxing, feet kicked up. He reclined the seat all the way back. And yeah. You know, I can't relax that much in a car. I'm just driving. I'm just like, yeah. Falling asleep. Guys, I'm getting, going like this to not show Andy like, ahead what, of the what I'm up game to. Right you know? mm. Jesus, dude. Here I am trying to look for like Assassin's Creed Sapphire, whatever the fuck their yeah. next one's called. Fuck. I didn't even think about that. Assassin's Creed Red? With Jade? Well, Jade's I, the mobile game. The, yeah. Red, I believe, is the one in uh, Japan. Yeah. Um, That'll and be I, part of Assassin's Creed Infinity. Infinity. And. I think the streets might be saying it could uh. be this year. Or at least I think it's the next Assassin's Creed. Which, if you're going by Assassin's Creed cadence, I feel like that could very likely be this year. Because this last one was a small Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed Ghost Protocol is next year, right? Uh, you're, you're thinking of Hexie. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> which is similar. I understand the confusion. You yeah, know? I see. Hexie has witches. Mm. You're thinking of the ghosts. Rogue Nation is 2026. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. Fallout is 2026. No, Assassin's Creed is the best one, though. Mm. Assassin's Creed 3. You know what I mean? Good one. 
Yeah, fucking great guy. Mission Impossible 3 is fucking sick. I mean, I mean good lord. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Philip Seymour was doing his thing. If I could bring back one dude from the dead, he'd be top 10. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was going to say, I was like, that'd be the first the first pick. Well, he'd be up there. He'd be up he's, there. He's up there for yeah, me. Yeah, he'd be up there. It's him. One of them Beatles. Just one of them? Just to see. Wait, how many, <laughs> how many two, of them are dead? Two are passed. Oh, uh, damn. George Harrison. John Lennon. I guess the list is really long. Yeah, people who I'd like to bring back. Mm -hmm. That's a different conversation for a different show. Here, let's talk about video game news. Because today's stories include why Baldur's Gate won't come to Game Pass, Dave the Diver's Dev's new game, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and podcast services around the globe. Uh, if you love what we do, support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad-free, watch us record them live, and get a daily exclusive show. Real quick, real quick. Mm -hmm. Somebody in the comments said not Martin Luther King Jr.? I was thinking about no, Martin Luther King No! I wouldn't Jr. want to bring him back because he's gonna. we're going to break his heart. He's going to be like, you're still doing this shit? You still haven't fixed this shit? And also, they'll take him out again. Like, it's the fucking U.S. government. They'll find a way. Damn, dude. If you're watching FBI, like, get a like and comment and... Uh, Right. Down below. Let's give, see give the, us the kind of funny membership in the comment section down below. and then for a chance to be a part of the show submit your thoughts and opinions as youtube super chats as we go housekeeping for you a new kind of funny games cast is up right now like we talked about it's our video game fantasy draft you can watch that over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or on kind of funny.com slash youtube uh, and, and like at least stick around for the first round you know maybe fantasy critic isn't your thing so you're not like as into this episode but at least get to mike's first pick because it might be the funniest moment of the year. It, like, if we did an award show for, like, best kind of funny moments throughout the year, kind of like uh, Andy what they do with, like, Dan Lebetard's show and stuff, mm. like, that, that would have to be a top contender. It's also just a must-listen episode because I think this episode does a good job of setting the tone for the rest of the year. Because mm. I think it doubles as, you know, a lot of podcasts will do our most anticipated games of 2024, right? And, like, I, we will bring a list and it's like, okay, yeah, this is the games I'm most excited for. Guess what? We're all excited for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I think this is a fun way to do it where it is... All right, we kind of have to get into the Duffy of not only games that we're excited about, but games that we think are going to be the best games of the year. And it may be the only chance that you get us to hear talk about a lot of these, these games. Because yeah. there's a lot of titles that are picked that I'm not picking because I'm looking forward to them. I'm picking them because the version from two, three years ago that came out got a really good score. And maybe I'm not interested in that genre, but... I feel yeah. like it's going to pop off review-wise. And that's, that is another thing I wanted to say is that um, in doing this episode, right, like it's always a reminder of how good games are going to be for whatever year you're in. Like last year obviously was a great year. I think people are underrating this year. Like I'm not saying this year is going to be as good as last year. I don't know if this year is going to have Baldur's Gate 3 and Tears of the Kingdom and stuff. But I look through the list and I'm like, yo, the games that even games that didn't get drafted, which I believe if I'm doing the math correctly, like 35 games got drafted because it's 5 times 7. Uh, yeah, 35 games got drafted yesterday, and I, I'm looking at a list where I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, there's still games here that I'm excited about. Yeah. You know, do I go for the Stellar Blade that could or could not somehow come out? Um, I'm looking at a game like, and I'm not going to say all these because I'm trying to keep some of these to myself, but like Lost Records, Bloom and Rage was like the Don't Nod game announced. I think it was at Game Awards. That looks like a return to Life is Strange. Right. And that game looks dope as hell. And if that game is a return to form, I think that game has the potential to be big for at least a group of people. And I'm looking at that like, yo, that's exciting. Like, this is an exciting year, let alone the things we did draft, like Paper Mario, Final Fantasy, etc. Um, but yeah, go watch that episode. Have a blast. One of my most anticipated, I believe another Don't Nod game, Banishers. No, that's out next month. Remember, that was one that, like, we thought had come out already because it said it was out today. But yeah, it was, it was like, out today. It had like, been delayed. Yeah. We were like, what the fuck? It's like, oh, shit. That's one that, like, I'm, I'm very kind of quietly interested in because it looked like them trying to do their darndest to make a, not necessarily just a Souls-like, but, like, almost a God of War third-person behind-camera combat game. And it's just such a weird out-of-left-field choice for... Um, for Don't Nod. Just not something you're used to seeing from that studio. Yeah. So I mean, they're that kind of studio because if you go through their history, right? Like they made a Remember Me for PS3. I don't know if you remember me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. They made that. They that made was one that I thought was going to be like a monumental. Oh, release. yeah. I thought, <laughs> I, for some reason, in my 2011 brain or whenever that game came out, I was like, oh, this is the next Mirror's Edge. My like, game informer, I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. Bro, like, oh, this is going to be the next thing. So my parents. But like, yeah, the they made that. They made the Life of Strange games. They made Jassant that just came out mm, a couple months ago. Yeah. They made Vampire. And I know a lot of people that fucking love Vampire. Vampire? 
Vampire, Vampire, mm-hmm. Vampire. I think it's pronounced Vampire. No, it is. I, oh, just, okay. I just, I don't like to call it Vampire because there's a Y. That game's sick as hell. Yeah, I know you like the fucking like Yusuf and like I've, quite a few people evangelize that game real yeah. hard. Um, but yeah, like Don't Not is they they don't follow any sort of formula. They just make what they want to make. But then they also make um, Twin Mirror. <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, and it's like okay, well nobody played this, nobody talked about it, and then they also put out Tell Me Why. Which I think some people they're taking risks, you know. Yeah, they're out there just doing. I just, not games. I, I think this game just looks really damn cool for audio listeners. We're watching some Banishers gameplay, and it could end up being a, incredibly generic. Yeah. And I, I I hate using the example because we always kind of bring it up, but it could be my Outriders of this year. I okay. love looking for every year having the version of that game that I really enjoyed. You know, See, my thing is like I think it could be anywhere between in this little large gap, right? But in Outriders to um, what's that game? Amicia. Amicia. Um, the game with the Legend rats. Legend of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. It could be anywhere between those two games. Oh, but Godfall. Oh, my goodness. Godfall. Plague Tale. Plague Tale Innocence. Thank you. Thank you, Aethrum. Amicia. Amicia. We have to escape here, Amicia. Today, we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is. And for, also, shout out to our Patreon producer, Delaney, Delaney Twining. I don't know if I Thank said you, that Delaney. Part. Appreciate you. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Larian Boss says the studio's games won't come to subscription services. This is Tommen, Tommen? This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Larian Studios CEO Sven Vick, uh, or Sven Vink, has said the company won't be putting any of its games on subscription services. I'm going to pause there and say um, Larian Studio that did Baldur's Gate 3. There's no clarification there on mm. that, but Baldur's Gate 3 Studio. You know them. You know who these guys are. Maybe. Uh, commenting on X slash Twitter, the Baldur's Gate 3 director said a world in which subscri- game subscription services became the dominant business model would be bad for developers and consumers alike. Quote, whatever the future of games look like, content will always be king, said Vink. But it's going to be a lot harder to get good content if subscription uh, becomes the dominant model and a select, uh, select group gets to decide what goes to market and what not. Direct from developer to players is the way, end quote. Vink was speaking in response to recent comments from Ubisoft's uh, subscription director, who said he sees tremendous opportunity for growth in the business model if, consumer can, if consumers can get used to not owning games like they have with music, movies, and TV content. Quote, getting a board to okay a project fueled by idealism uh, is almost impossible and idealism needs room to exist, even if it can lead to disaster, Vink continued. Uh, Subscription models will always end up being cost-benefit analysis exercises intended to maximize profit. Uh, there is nothing wrong with that, but it may not become a monopoly of subscription services. Uh, we are already all dependent on a select group of digital distribution platforms and discoverability is brutal. Should those platforms all switch to subscription, it'll become savage, end quote. Having previously suggested that Baldur's Gate 3 would never come to Xbox Game Pass, Vink went on to rule, uh, rule out bringing any of the company's titles to subscription services. Uh, right now, Barry, is this the thread that, you, that, that we're referencing in the article? It is. is. This is just what he's talking about? You can look at on Twitter, at Lar at Larian. So it's L-A-R-A-T Larian. Interesting stuff. I yeah. totally get it. I, I think it totally makes sense. Um, I do think they are in the most unique position out of anybody to be able to resist a lot of uh, these requests to be put on subscription services because of not only their own like sort of self-made success, but they are the ones in less need of help, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so it puts them in a position where they would be the easiest to kind of fend off a lot of offers to try to get on you know let's put you on geforce now or or obviously game pass was one of the first questions that popped up um it, it, i i just wish there was like a bunch of billionaires out there that were just like hey i just want to let's just let me just fund this studio you know what i mean yeah. because like i i it's so rare to have a studio like larian that is so independent and can do whatever they want and you're so happy that they chose to not get bought out in a lot of different moments when they were being approached by publishers because we just don't really see this. They operate in a completely different fashion from what we're used to. We're used to the big names up top putting a deadline and saying, okay, enough, we delayed the game twice already, enough. 
Let's get this shit going. Come on, bottom line, uh, quarterly, you know, whatever the hell. Like, all the stuff that kind of makes us snore whenever we read about it in news, mm -hmm. they are able to not have to deal with a, a lot of those pressures. And I, I just wish there was more of them like that. But on the other side of things, I also see heads of departments going, man, we could be kind of a lot more stable if we do get bought out, if we do allow ourselves to be purchased by whatever publisher. It's such a, it's such a tough spot to be in, but I totally get it. I do think that if subscription models became the main pathway for game development then you're gonna see a lot of failures and a lot of stuff never even see the light of day yeah the there i think there's a lot in here to get into because i think there's parts of what he, what he's saying here that i agree with and then parts of it where i'm like oh i don't know like i the first thing i would point to would be matt piscatella who uh is the head of i always forget the name of it because they changed the name the head of uh circana the executive director um of circana which used to be npd mm. um which is like yeah they they're the ones who track a lot of video game sales right and a lot of video game business and stuff uh he tweeted out subscription growth has flattened and subservice uh, subservices on console and pc platforms accounts for only 10 percent of total video game content spending in the u.s i get that some people want to protect their prefer their preferred model but the idea that subs will become dominant is unsupported by data uh, subs have been more additive uh, than cannibalistic and offers players, devs, and pubs more choice in how to play or how to go to market. Fear monitoring on this topic is quite unnecessary. Um, I find that fascinating. Just for the idea of, like, I think a world where subscription becomes the dominant thing, I could see the concern just in terms of, of things needing to change, right? How you make your games needing to change, how you monetize your games needing to change, right? It's the way that we look at mobile. And when we talk about mobile games, I think a lot of people roll their eyes or at, or at the very first blush have a bad impression on what that means. Because when you think of mobile, you think of nickel and diming, you think of free to play, you think of, okay, I'm gonna get three chances at this thing and then have to refresh tomorrow when they reload my coins or whatever you're doing. Oh, I can watch this ad of a weird movie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or I can like watch this ad of a game that's very obviously not real, but it looks interesting. It's mm -hmm. like you break the wall and then the house falls. I don't know if you know the game I'm talking about. Of course, yeah, yeah. It's like you, all you, these fake games. You like pull the pin and the water will flood the yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, like, these animations are so weird. <laughs> somebody, last year, there was like a studio or dev that like made all mm -hmm. those games. And put it on Steam, which is pretty sick. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think... <laughs> and the, the title of it was... It was like, here, so here's all those games. <laughs> <laughs> you thought were real or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is the concern with subscriptions be wholly becoming the dominant way to play. But I don't, I don't think that there's a, an actual fear of that based on what Matt Piscatello is saying, right? Like, I think we're in a place where... And I, and I think the place where subscriptions should be, right, is additive, not necessarily the whole thing. Because I think the more you can diversify ways to make money, then the more options you have as a developer or publisher to put out your game in a way that is going to suit you. And I think for Baldur's Gate 3 and for um, Larian in particular, what, uh, what you say about them is true, right? Like these guys are an independent studio, but they're also a large independent studio, right? They have hundreds of developers. They're able to make games on AAA scale. Um, they're able to make games that sell a lot, right? Like Baldur's Gate 3 had really, really good sales. And that's a game, again, coming from, that's a CRPG. That is a top-down D&D style RPG that typically wouldn't be associated with selling millions and millions and millions of copies. And they were able to do that because they are able to provide such quality with it. And I think they're in such a, a unique place. And so, yeah, like, sell your game. Like, don't put your game on subscription platforms if that's not going to get you the back you want. I can also see on top of that, like, Larian slash Sven, maybe also thinking back to um, the, like, Microsoft court hearings where you had the documents that talked about what they're looking at for get, uh, getting games on a Game Pass and, like, the amount of money it would take to get games on a Game Pass. And it's like, for all these AAA games, they're talking about, like, 50 million dollars 100 million dollars all this stuff and then you get to Baldur's gate 3 and they're like yeah like probably five million dollars <laughs> and i can see if i'm larian and i see that i'm like we're never never put our games on subscription platforms because we made way more than that yeah just by selling our games ourselves so i could see them being like yo fuck that um but yeah no i, I mean i think a lot of what he's saying is fat is interesting right like i also look at the part where he says um you know, it's going to be a lot harder to get good content subscriptions become the dominant model and select groups of people decide to, uh, what goes to marketing and, and, uh, and whatnot. Uh, you know, direct from developer, uh, or sorry, direct from developer to players is the way. Um, and there was another quote here. 
where he was essentially talking about, uh, yeah, here, getting a board to okay a project fueled by idealism is almost impossible, and idealism need, needs room to exist. I think the problems that he's talking about with subscription, I think, are also present in the current model as well, right? Like, I think we also live in a, like, when you look at just the typical, I guess, like, structure under capitalism, right? We live like, in hey, a subscription society. Yeah, I think we even under, uh, under subscriptions, if you want to talk about, oh man, like, it's going to get harder to allow your, like this dream of a product that you have to make it to the consumer. I think most people already suffer with that anyway, right? Like most people, even under a, a model where you're buying and selling your games off of Steam, you're still dependent on people loving that thing and buying it. And like, you're at the whim of like an audience to actually show up for that thing. So I think, and, and also if you're under a publisher or under a parent company, you're still probably gonna have to answer to that parent company to make something that they think is gonna sell. So I think those problems exist anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what the answer is here in terms of like, you know, do we double down and go all in on Xbox Game Pass? Do we run scared? Do we like do do we run scared of Xbox Game Pass because it's gonna change the industry for the worse? I I I think that Larian's success here has shown a lot of other publishers and a lot of other developers that the subscription model is not the end all be all, and it could easily be it can easily be used as an example as you were talking about with the with those court hearings that. If had we gone this route, we would have been far less successful than we actually were. If you yeah. believe in your product and if you believe in word of mouth sort of uh, marketing and just kind of getting the name out there, you will far exceed uh, profits based on what you could have done if you just you know sold it to the consumer or whatever. I think those talks are going to be like it's so wild that Larian not only I think kind of changed game development and a lot of people are going to be talking about what an achievement Baldur's Gate 3 was, but they also just showed a lot of other publishers and developers if you put that work in, you don't have to do the nickel and dimey online stuff with microtransactions and all this stuff. You could just make a really amazing game and make a million times what you were hoping to make through Game Pass or yeah. through GeForce Now or whatever other streaming services there are. Um, it's, I feel like, honestly, Baldur's Gate 3, there will be a lot of cool stories heard and told about different big meetings at certain publishers between executives. And we'll learn about this shit in 10 years from now and being like, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 really kind of changed Dude, the course of how we decided to make and fund these games. I really hope so, because I think when you look at Baldur's Gate 3 and you also look at something like Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I know Nintendo is a very special case because obviously console manufacturer and also like they're just a unicorn just of, of a company. Yeah. But when you look at Tears of the Kingdom and how much they took their time with that development and like having a year of polish and what that did for the final project and how much that shined, right? And then you also look at, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 and them being able to go, hey, we have a vision here. Let's see it through. Let's launch an early access. Let's polish. Let's take in feedback. Let's uh, do everything that's needed to make sure that we're putting out a great game and that works and it sells. I really hope that a lot of uh, publishers and developers are able to look back at that and use that as um, use that as influence, right? Use that as lessons. I want to see. I hope there are GDC talks that that are Sven or whoever like talking about how they're able to make this happen because I think the tough thing too, and this call I, this is something I always bring up. I brought it up. I feel like this week already in a conversation with Tim, right? Of video games are so many things, right? Video games are you know, um, they're games, but they're also stories, they're narratives, but they're also art, and they're also technology. And for all these things to work together in tandem, it is so, it's it's very difficult. It's all, they're also business, I should mention that too. And the business aspect is a tough thing, because like, you know, I mentioned Tears of the Kingdom and how they took a year, year to polish. Most developers, the vast majority of developers do not have that, like, don't have that ability. Nintendo is Nintendo, right? Like they have all this money. They you have can't the sit on your Pokemon Violet and Scarlet money. You can't sit on your Animal Crossing money from three yeah. years ago. You know, yeah. um, and they're allowed to be weird and they're allowed to have that that kind of like secrecy of not announcing things and all that stuff. But like a lot of video game developers, like you've seen in the last few years, um, a lot of developers are announcing their games really early just so they can get people to work on those games, right? Like Splinter Cell was announced not at E3 or not at a present, not at Ubisoft Forward. The Splinter Cell remake was announced as a job listing for them to go, hey, come work on Splinter Cell. Like, that is what, a, like, a lot of developers are going through. And, like, the idea of, oh, yeah, we'll just sit a year and polish. You know, that that luxury doesn't exist for so many developers. So I wonder if there is, like, a 
lessons learned kind of thing of how do we get to the place where we can at the very least like if not sit for a year of polish get to the place where our games can be a Baldur's Gate 3 situation where it is hey we are working hard on this thing and we are being able to see through a vision and make sure that it comes out in a way that has audiences satisfied and not buggy and all this shit I think just our hopes are kind of uh summarized by the the sentence by Sven uh Vink which is Getting aboard to okay a project fueled by idealiz idealism is almost impossible. Yeah. And we are being very idealist right oh, now. Sure. I just really hope that last year was kind of that big sort of, not only just kingmaker, but kind of industry changer, you know? Uh, I just had a thought because, um, you know, like, I think the worry, I understand the worry about subscription services and that as a model, because look at like how kind of streaming services have been kind of ballooning and kind of imploding a little bit as well for like the last uh, year or so what's going on with uh with max uh a little bit with netflix and then uh, ultimately also how people are properly getting paid um and i think that's like the kind of big fear uh you know i i think a lot of the the comments are gonna be like ah oh, like stop uh uh, jumping on uh, Game Pass just because it's a, an Xbox product. It's not because it's an Xbox product. It's because the model has been used in other mediums and has definitely um, gotten to the point where it's not treating the, the workers correctly. Uh, and so I think that's a, a very real fear for a lot yeah. of devs. So and, just to give that context. And as to well. be clear, I like I don't I'm I don't think I'm jumping on Game Pass. Like I'm like. I like Game Pass. Yeah. I'm in this conversation. And I agree. Like I think I'm in support of Game I, Pass. I think there's a room for it to exist. I just I think there should be some um careful treading of water of letting it balloon like streaming services did. Yeah. yeah. My I mean my counter there would just be would, would be to say that in which we what we see with Max, Netflix, etc., that stuff has become like the dominant force, right? Like everybody has streaming services. Everybody like mo like a lot of movies. I think most. I, I think it'd be fair to say that most of us are watching our stuff through streaming services at this point. I don't know if we're there yet with video games, right? Like, I this goes back to what the Matt Piscatello thing is of like, again, I'll bring the the the, the tweet back up, right? He talks about how ten percent of total video game content spending or uh, subscription growth has flattened in subservices on console and PC. I'd be interested to see what that number 10%. was for streaming services thirteen years ago. Yeah. You know, well, like, no, I, I think. Mean, it, and I'm not saying that we're never going to get there. I'm right. more so just saying, like, right now, yeah. in terms of what the conversation is, like, he's saying it's flattened. Mm -hmm. I don't think Netflix, with the streaming thing, flattened at, like, 2011 and then picked right back up, yeah. right? Um, so I think we're at, I, I think the fear mongering aspect of it is what Matt is getting at of, like, we don't necessarily need to be scared right now because it doesn't seem like it's going that way. Not that it's impossible, but it's not a place of, like, oh, everybody freak out, like, Game Pass is taking over and video games are changed now. I do think Game Pass is an additive thing to how we already play video games. It's fucking fantastic. And to go off on the streaming service for for you know whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus, uh, the bigger issue there was just like the core needed systemic change of when we put our when we put out that movie on DVD or that our show gets shown on USA or TNT, we're getting those residuals, and that's why you'd put that shit on streaming services and you don't, you weren't getting residuals and people were saying, God damn, Suits is the number one uh, viewed thing all of 2023 on Netflix mm -hmm. and none of us actors are seeing shit from that because that's not how the business model is paying and out. And Nick Scarpino didn't get a penny from that because he, he, he was a trendsetter. He's you know? the one who really set the tone really and, and that's why there's a lot of other game developers calling out for like, why the fuck don't we get <laughs> residuals? Yeah. And those are also little small conversations that don't have a whole lot to do with this and in terms of how employees are, are being paid but that's just another one of the little small uh little things that just kind of like yeah. falls off and you, you know and, there's a lot of issues like that and like to go back to the conversation of like again subscription services for video games right and like what they bring what they don't bring in terms of like the positive and negatives i still think we're in a place right now still where obviously we've seen so many layoffs in the last year and we're continuing to see a lot of layoffs and Right now, something's got to give. Like, I think there's something something that has to change within, like, the monetization of the video games industry. And a lot of that stuff is probably going to be bad stuff, right? Like, I think we're going to see probably games either get more expensive or we're going to see more nickel and diming on the DLC side or, like, um, uh, live service side of things. And I think a lot of people, that, a lot of that is going to be stuff that's probably going to be bad for consumers. If Game Pass slash Jeff's subscription services, right, not just Game Pass, but if sub-services can become a way, like, an additional way for developers to go or publishers or whoever to go oh man we can make 
an extra amount of money because Xbox or Microsoft is going to pay us to put our things on here. Um, in that way, it's not a big sacrifice to like put out this game that I'm selling my house to make. Then I think for me, I think that's a good thing in that scenario, right? In those cases. And I think a lot of those cases do exist. To the Baldur's Gate um, layering studio thing, it is going to be case by case. It is going to be studio for studio of what is going to work for the game you're making in the, t in, um, the studio you are. We just talked about it the other day of uh, Foam Stars is coming, is launching in like a couple weeks, which is crazy, uh, on PlayStation Plus. And me and Tim were like, fuck yeah, like, are people going to show up and buy that thing for full price day one for the kind of game that is? Probably not. But like putting out on, on PS Plus and maybe having the skins or having the cosmetics and or probably getting that lump sum from PlayStation or whatever the deal is, is going to do a lot better for that game than them going, hey, fuck subservices, we're launching at full price. We're foam stars, everybody. Come out and buy us. It's like, no, you're not Baldur's Gate 3. Like, this game's not going to be Baldur's Gate 3, and so you have to find a different lane to go. Yeah. Um, I think we're in a place where, th like, people just have to t test things out and figure things out. Otherwise, I think we're going to keep going down this, this this road of more layoffs, the video games industry not making... Now, I won't say not making as much money because it's making more money than ever, <laughs> but I guess games not being funded in the way that, and developers not making the money um, in the way that they should. Yeah, I think the artists in power will ultimately, the artists rather with power will be able to control the destiny of their product in the ways that we saw Christopher Nolan saying, I'm not going to put my shit on streaming service day one. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like this shit is like deserves this, to this be on the big screen. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Mission Impossible, uh, whatever the most recent one that was very disappointing, Dead Reckoning. Mm -hmm. Like, no, we're not going to put that on a streaming service. I'm going to wait until like theaters can be opened up again to be able to put this movie out there. And I think Larian was able to do that. And I, I just wish that we were able to see a bit more control in the hands of the 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 artists that want to be putting out their products yeah. in the way that they prefer moving on to story number two dave the divers developers next game is a moba called wake runners this is wesley yinpool at ign dave the diver developer mint rocket has unveiled its next game a multiplayer online battle arena aka moba uh, called wake runners Wake Runners, which is clearly nothing at, uh, at all like Dave the Diver, is a fast-paced 4v4 and 5v5 top-down multiplayer team battler set in a dystopian sci-fi feature. I'm of the, the opinion right now, Bless, that if you just put runners after any noun, it's going to mm -hmm. be cool. Have you seen gameplay for this? No. Watch the gameplay. I'm going to read you the synopsis. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for the end of the year when Andy makes the argument that this is uh, best indie game. See, I can't wait for the end of the year where me and Andy are like, this is our top 10. Yeah, Because this 10. game looks fucking sick. Well, did you know Mint Rocket, uh, it's one and a half developers. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy that two dudes are yeah. making three games. Well, no, it's one <laughs> yeah. person and just a pair of legs. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a singular torso, just kind of like bringing in the vibes and stuff. And they made it actually on a Nokia N-Gage. That's what they made this Damn. game on. Yeah. Damn. Quote, small, small, poor developer. A ravaged Earth is now the site of skirmishes between surviving factions, reads the official blurb. The fast-paced gameplay features combat at close quarters, while combatants glide across battle arenas at high speeds using a unique acceleration and deceleration mechanic. Wake Runners offers a variety of characters, each with unique abilities, personas, and battle styles. Players have the ability to swap characters mid-battle, which allows them to strategically use a variety of skills throughout the battle. Or throughout a battle. End quote. How are they going to take on Crash Team Rumble, though? You know, uh, you know how are they going to do that in Pokemon <laughs> Unite? Um, a Wake Runners uh, Steam Next Fest demo Ooh. is inbound February fifth to the twelfth. It'll feature five game modes and seven playable characters. Game modes include Team Deathmatch, Raider Mode, Control Conquest Mode, uh, Command Siege Mode, and Escort Mode. It's a busy time for Mint Rocket, the studio owned by South Korean publish, uh, publishing behemoth Nexon, uh, following the breakout success of Dave the Diver, which has sold an incredible 3 million copies since going on sale in June of last year. Mint Rocket announced a 16-player PvPVE, multiplayer post-apocalyptic zombie stealth survival game, Naquan, uh, Last Paradise, and now Wake Runners. Again, crazy that just two dudes in an office are doing all this, but... Mm -hmm. Um, and they're part, and part time. It's their part time. And job. part time, yeah. like they have their full time job. Yeah, they're they, still going. To. They both work at Office Depot. They work at Pizza Hut. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked at Pizza Hut. Let me tell you, I miss that job. <laughs> I miss it. I fucking delivering pizzas all yes, day. Yesterday, I I'm not lying to you when I was like I had my Nick Scarpino was in a meeting with Tim, and we were supposed to go get lunch with uh, Mike and 
I had my finger on the add to cart. I had my thumb on the add to cart button. Yeah. So I was going to get myself a little Pizza Hut. I, <laughs> I was going Next to. Next time you get Pizza Hut, tell me, because I'll get some with you. I fucking love Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut is fucking great. <laughs> um, I, like, jokes aside, oh, well, like, before I put the jokes aside, Wild Thunder Indie Developer is doing all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, jokes aside, I think this game looks cool, and I do not play MOBAs. Like, I am, I, I tried League of Legends once. People in chat were mean to me. Not mm. like the Twitch chat. I was playing this like before I even tweeted. It was like 2012. It was me, my friend Bailey. Um, Addison? Strangers. No, Addison wasn't doing it. Damn. Bailey, Bailey I met at church. He's cool. Oh, okay. Um, but like to start playing it, let me tell you, that in-game chat, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. They were oh, really yeah. mean. They were like maybe the meanest I've ever like experienced in in-game chat. And I was like, never again am I booting up this video game. It, it can be, it can definitely be a different level. Um, yeah. This looks interesting. I just worry that this is another one of those. You think so? I, I, I do. I yeah. think that there are a lot of games that try to get into these markets. And maybe success for them is lasting three to six months. Maybe, mm. like, that's, that's kind of where I've been changing my mentality on this is, uh, you know, obviously, pie in the sky, number one wish is that this multiplayer competitive game that you're working on becomes a staple and it becomes one of the big titles that when everybody says when apex jumps on the scene or overwatch joins this you know kind of not really crowded multiplayer area but those become new staples and now if if you're not maybe playing call of duty maybe you're playing overwatch or apex or rainbow six siege like those games always will have large player bases pie in the sky wishes for these developers in these games i think is to become one of those but the more and more i think about it i feel like Maybe they see it as a positive if these games last three to six to nine months, uh-huh. and like, hey, that yeah, puts it. us that puts us in the in the green. That puts us in the black. We don't have to worry about this game being a long time investment. It made its money back in its first three months. We're good. We did our jobs. Oh, we made some extra money as well. We'll continue the servers up for another year or so, but we're not really expecting this to be uh, a game changer and something that stays in the industry. I would love. To just talk to somebody from either Nexon or Mint Rocket to understand what the fuck is Mint Rocket? Like, what the fuck is the studio? Because they come out, they lead off with Dave the Diver, and Dave the Diver is this game that blows people away. And well, the know. the way it seems like is like Mint Rocket. It, it it's similar to all of the small studios, not small, but the uh, the the studios within Nintendo. Yeah, where this studio works on the Mario 3D games. This studio works on like. Mint Rocket is a studio that it's was like formed within um, Nexon. Within Nexon, yeah. yeah. But like, I, I just, I, I'm just really fascinated by the idea of like, you guys form this subsidiary studio to like make games, and they're working on three projects, and the three projects are the most different projects you can imagine, right? One of them is a pixel art, diving, fishing. You're managing a sushi restaurant game with a bunch of like weird mini games within it. It looks like a really cool indie title. I guess like it has, it's like an indie style fucking thing, right? Yeah. And then the next game that you announced is this PvPvE multiplayer post-apocalyptic like survival stealth game. And now you're announcing this MOBA that it is fast-paced, like combat-driven, looks really cool, and all this stuff. And I am just very fascinated by, like, to your point of, what is the goal here? Like, is it, like, for Dave the Diver, right? Like, it's not a live game. So you imagine the goal is, hey, sell a bunch of copies. It's like, make something that's fun. Three million back for a a small-ish game that we weren't expecting to do gangbusters, right? I I also think about just the flexibility within Nexon that, like, just because it's Mint Rocket that's working on on this newer MOBA title that looks nothing like Dave the Diver... Who knows if, like, the whole Dave the Diver team was then moved to work on something else, and yeah, then yeah, a bunch yeah. of other people were <laughs> then sent back to Mint Rocket to work on this new thing. Like, it could... I feel like because these studios have so much money and these um, publishers and developers are so flexible that they can kind of get into whatever game they want because they have been successful. Um, like, there's one, one narrative that I really hated amongst all of the, the indie, like, talk. And, and I, I walked back all those statements, by the way, already. Like, I, I know that, like, once more and more info came out, I was like, oh, Mint Rocket is not a team of 10 people. It's actually yeah. a lot more, right? The, the thing I hated was like, oh, well, they had a lot of money. Of course the game was good. Bullshit. There's a lot of games that oh, of cost a lot of money to make that suck. So, like, I hate the idea that just because you pump money into a product that the game is now good. 
Like that, I think that's absolute bullshit. Um, but yeah, when you are, when you have so much money in the bank and you can fund these products that you think are going to hit, like I, I, I'm right there with you. I would love to talk to these executives and be like, what's the goal for this? Yeah, like what's the strategy? Well, what, know, like, what is a, what is a winning scenario for this Wake Runners game that's coming out? You know, yeah. like if you. If it makes double the if, if it makes double the amount or if the servers last for however long, what's like what's a winning scenario? Let me tell you a winning scenario. Patreon.com slash kinda funny. Over on patreon.com slash kinda funny, you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Snowbike Mike's Bills are a nine and a half point favorite against the Steelers, and Andy's Dallas Cowboys are a seven point favorite against the Green Bay Packers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code KINDAFUNNY. New customers can just bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code kind of funny. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now now and use the code kind of funny yeah if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team when you vape you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs if you're a step behind the team's a step behind Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to thank real quick blessing style gem who gifted out a sub to Rayman in the Twitch chat and Reem pup who resubscribed for 33 months and says, I love you. So you can resubscribe or you can get your super chats in to ask us questions about certain topics we've been talking about on the show. Yeah. Remember we got a super chat question or the se- session <laughs> super, super chat segment coming up later in the show. If you want to ask us those questions moving on though, to store number three, Xbox incorrectly posted news that, Final Fantasy 14, 14's online open beta was live, confusing fans. This is Taylor Lyles at <laughs> IGN. On Tuesday morning, you might have seen an Xbox Wire post announcing that uh, announcement that said uh, an open beta for Final Fantasy 14 online is now available on Xbox Series X. If you caught it before it was deleted about an hour later, Xbox has now publicly announced that it made an error in sharing the news. I've been there, bro. Like You schedule a tweet sometimes and like, like all right, I'm going to schedule this tweet. And then it pops up as like February sixteenth. It's like, dog, why is that so far away out? Like, yeah. I don't. I want to <laughs> like, schedule it for the next here? day or so. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I've been uh, in a post on X slash Twitter, the Xbox Wire team revealed that it incorrectly posted news that the Final Fantasy fourteen online open beta was now available on Xbox Series X. Uh, it also confirmed it would follow up with a correct release date when the open beta is available to Xbox players. So, uh, interesting how. This post a couple days before an Xbox developer underscore direct, you know? Weird. You know? Interesting timing. It's also interesting. But isn't a- that all in-house stuff, though? Like, I feel like it would be weird to bring in, like, a Square Enix thing in the middle of that. 
I think because the Square Enix thing, like when they announced at the last Final Fantasy fourteen event, I believe when they at, when they had announced the Xbox thing is happening, it was like a big deal. I, players. Yeah, I don't think it's too out of the out of the norm because I, I I think back to a lot of different, not just Xbox developers things. Obviously, that's a much more special event, but I think back to a lot of Xbox E three conferences where Phil Spencer goes up on stage and says. Hey, we're getting all of these games from these Japanese publishers and developers that you all have been wanting to have here. Like it's that's always like seen as a big win for uh, audiences they're trying to get within their ecosystem. So I could see it happening there. I think you're right there, there though, Barrett. That it's not a that's not a, an Xbox developer, right? But, that's true. But I do see them announcing that to you know win favor. Yeah. Or it is like a February 16th thing. Is there like is February 16th like a day for Final Fantasy? My birthday. Oh shit! They're like, oh, let's let's drop Final Fantasy <laughs> fourteen for Andy's Andy. Birthday. Andy ranked it number two in his top ten. Yeah, they just put it out a month early. But, like, but are people scheduling tweets a month early? Maybe Microsoft. I don't know. I don't know. What I don't. Goes on no, I don't think so. Things change too much, man. Yeah. Moving on to story number four. Thunderful announces restructuring that'll cut twenty percent of its workforce. This is Marie Dallas Andrea at GamesIndustry.biz. Thunderful Group has announced a restructuring program to decrease costs, which will include both significant staff reductions and potential divestments, the company said. Around 20% of its workforce will be affected, Thunderful said, with the firm hoping to see the, the effects of the restructuring on its finances from the second half of 2024. The aim of the restructuring is to improve the firm's competitiveness, Thunderful added, uh, by lowering costs and refocusing on areas that bring it the most profitability. Quote, it's been difficult to make these decisions, and it saddens me that we'll have to say goodbye to many skilled colleagues and partners. Nevertheless, I am convinced that this is a necessary direction for Thunderful and that these changes will make the company a stronger player in the market. Thunderful CEO Martin Walfiz commented. Man, we're, on, we're on pace to break some records this year. Yeah, dude. Like, it's, it's still January. Like I had to like look at look down and, ch and check because like the, the amount of numbers this we've the seen. Is this sixth or seventh time already this year? Maybe. I mean, it's uh, it's I oh I think it's like maybe like third or fourth of like the big ones that's like really broken down on the internet, but it's large numbers within these. Um, we're on, we're on mid, in mid mid season form already, record breaking yeah. pace. Yes, right the thing now. is like yeah, well, I feel like the numbers were hidden by last year. We were fucking into the year at this yeah. point. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the page of like all of the games that Thunderfall has worked on just in case like people didn't really remember them. Remember that streamer where we played Pumpkin Jack Bless? Oh, yeah. yeah. I do remember yeah. that. I forgot they, about that They're game. also... Um, I don't know if they've always uh, been in charge of like SteamWorld Dig uh, IP, but... That's something that they've worked on. Uh, Viewfinder from last year. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of other ones. Yeah, I don't know, like Lost and Random. Random. That's not Lost and Random. I think Lost Fire uh, Girl, The Gunk. Lost and Random was an EA original, though. So maybe that's a port. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah. First the Golf. That was a cool They're little doing like Super Meat Boy stuff. Planet of Lana. Planet of Lana was the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, Planet of Lana and Viewfinder. Um, this sucks to see. Especially because like you want to talk about... Um, a company that's like poised to do cool things. I'm always a fan of like the Devolver Digitals of the world or the Annapurna Interactives of the mm -hmm. world, the indie publishers that have a pretty good vision and are making um, making it so that these games can like come out right and like you know I, for them to oversee like an, a, a like we think catalog. this game deserves a voice. Right? Yeah, yeah, and like have a catalog of games that seems to sing somewhat right. Like I think you look at that 2023 uh, slate that they have on their website and it's like, yo, y'all are doing some things here. Um, and it'd be great to see these guys like grow and continue to do that thing. But yeah, like seeing layoffs worries me and also bums me out just for one, people losing their jobs. But then also, I think Thunderful is a pretty, again, a company poised to do pretty cool things. So, you know, our hearts go out to people who are losing their jobs. Story number five 2K has announced a top spin reboot with a teaser trailer. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. That's cool, dude. 2K has officially announced that it's rebooting the top spin series. Confirming a previous report which claimed it planned to bring back the tennis franchise, the publisher has announced Top Spin 2K25. The teaser, which says the game is coming soon, was released to coincide with the start of the Australian Open this week. Quote, Top Spin 2K25 is the next must-play sports game from 2K that fully immerses fans into the world of tennis, 2K claimed. Quote, for more information on Top Spin 2K25, including release date, game features, and more, stay tuned. I used to rent this game so much back yeah. in the day when I was in like, I was I always had a tennis era. My brother was really big into tennis and he was very good at it. And um, I tried to play tennis and my uh, middle school coach never showed up to practice. 
She just would never ever. She was. I'd show up to practice. And I'd be there. And I'd be like, all right. Was at the back of the school, just smoking. So I'd, yeah, I'd like end up just walking home at like four thirty, and my mom would be like, "What? What happened?" I'm like, um, teacher didn't show up again. So I never really ever fully That's played. Insane. <laughs> but I had an era where I was just like insanely into watching, and it was like when I first moved to Austin, Texas, and the Australian Open would play, and it's real bad hours over here. So I'd watch the Australian Open at three, four in the morning. Because it was going live oh, at 3, damn. 4 in the morning. And um, and then I was running the game, creating my characters. But it just never quite hit in the way that, like, a, a six or seven-year-old Andy was playing Mario Tennis. Yeah, exactly. That was the yeah. that was the ultimate I mean, know, even moment. me at, at almost the age of 30, I'm still like, yo, where's the next Mario Tennis? You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. God, fucking Switch 2 around the corner. I, I can't wait. I played a lot of Tennis Aces. And then maybe a, a month in, I was like... Oh, uh, man, I think I ran out of steam. <laughs> yeah. But, like, for that month, that one month, I was fucking in it, dude. I'm sorry to everybody that I, like, was dominating using Bowser Jr. He was so OP. And dude, broken. Bowser Jr. is fucking yeah. insane. It's the reach on that character. Mm -hmm. I want a rematch. Too bad. <laughs> Too, bad. <laughs> Too bad. Um, Andy, Bowser Jr. had big reach. Just like all those, <laughs> just like all those big news stories yeah. that we just got through. Yeah. But if I wanted something smaller, say the tiniest news I needed to know about... Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each that's, and every that's platform. Not it. Oh, where, how, where are you even reading that? Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to. Re well, see, I had I read a comment that really kind of struck me in the chat. Yeah. So then I just started. I started not reading it. The comment that struck me was Mario Tennis Aces, like the best newer sports Nintendo game easily. And I was like, holy shit! I, I think about, you're right. I mean, what Mario Golf is up there? I think. Oh man, I don't think so, dude. Like. Someone Mario said Golf Mario Tennis Aces is the best tennis game ever, and I don't even think it's the best Mario tennis game. Oh, like, no, it's not the Mar like, best compared Mario to like game. to compared to Strikers. I was like, damn, that's a hot take. Well, but yeah, I think Strikers that's a is like take. way, yeah, like fucking bottom. I think it was way better than Mario Golf as well. I don't know. Well, it's tough. I definitely stuck with it the longest, Me too. but I don't, I don't know if it's a really. I feel like right now we're setting with it. Right now, if you came up to me and were like, "Hey, you want to play some Mario Tennis Aces, or you want to play some Mario Golf?" I'm going with Mario Golf for Switch. Damn. All right. Yeah, like I think I think Mario Golf. I but I also just think that's golf. I think golf sports games are just fucking great. <laughs> yeah, they are. They really are. You'd go to our last story, the Wii News Channel, where we cover all the small news items you need to know about. It's time for story number six. Wii News. GTA 6 surpasses Minecraft to become the second most watched game trailer. Uh, this is from IGN, uh, but the GTA 6 trailer isn't even halfway to overcoming the number one most viewed game trailer. However, that record belongs to a 2012 mobile endless runner called Subway Surfers. Wow. <laughs> most watched video game trailer on YouTube. Well, I guess it's always at the bottom of everybody's like stand-up comedy clips on tiktok so maybe it's an aggregated yeah, like, and, like they pull all those <laughs> yeah. clips together and i wonder if like if the, the commercial for subway surfers appears in like your ad before your youtube video mm -hmm. does that count as a view awesome. because i could see because I, I feel like i've seen subway surfers ads just fucking constantly yeah same uh, an Atari spokesperson has said that the plan for an Atari-themed hotel in Las Vegas is not dead yet. Uh, Ace Combat 7 Skies Unknown Deluxe Edition is coming to Nintendo Switch on July 11th. And then Prison Architect 2 launches March 26th on Xbox Series X and S, PS5, and PC. And that's it for Wii News. Now it's time for uh, NVIDIA GeForce update uh, of course we partnered with nvidia to keep you updated on all the latest geforce rtx additions to your favorite games uh not too long ago nvidia was talking about putting its performance increasing dlss tech in over 500 pc game titles well the news out of nvidia today is that they have put their latency reducing reflex technology in over 100 pc game titles including nearly every one of the top 10 competitive shooters NVIDIA Reflex is a tech that practically anticipates your in-game movement and actions and reduces the amount of time it takes from mouse click to seeing the action happen in-game. And Reflex isn't just for the new 40 series graphic cards either. Uh, if you're gaming on even a 900 series, you can take advantage. And if you are still on that 900 series, don't forget NVIDIA has three new Super GPUs out this month with the new RTX 4070 Super GPU available today. At uh, just $599, it's a great upgrade for your 1440p gaming. 
onto games though uh, who's up for some power world this weekend this game will have nvidia dlss 2 with its january 19th early access launch making it much easier for your cute and lethal companions to wreak havoc at high frame rates uh, there's a geforce game ready uh geforce game ready driver you can grab today uh, make sure your rtx card is set all in advance uh also a bunch of games are coming up soon that'll be getting dlss 3 treatment on pc combining high performance with top graphics quality including dragon's dogma 2 pax day layers of fear throne and liberty and we'll continue to keep you posted it looks like another busy year for video games Andy. let me just tell you that uh pal world has automatically solidified like probably top five status for mike this year is he already playing it? He, early access is out. Um, so he played a, a bit of it last night. And the way he was glowing about it, I was like, this is really? top five, top three for him. Top five, top three? Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy. Contender. It's his uh, Rock, I refuse a, to it's his Rock <laughs> A City this year. Yeah, yeah uh, but I think Power World would probably be better than, than Rock A City. Because it's essentially it, uh, what it is. And what I didn't know about it, I thought it was just like this, oh, it's a silly Pokemon with guns thing. Yeah. What a funny, weird game. But uh, it's essentially Ark Survival with their version of what Pokemon are. You, uh, you capture Pokemon to like take out with you into the field to maybe battle other Pokemon to capture them. But then it's a lot of like survival, building houses, building little bases or whatever the hell. Um, so it's like a survival game. I thought it was more of just like this weird adventure Pokemon yeah. ripoff. Looks cool. Uh, and then for those of you curious on the next Ray Trace game title, we can share that too. In March, uh, we'll see Diablo 4 put Ray Trace Reflections and Shadows in Ooh. game. And you'll be able to pick off demons rapid fire style, enjoying that upgrade with DLSS 3. Oh, I'm going to fire that bad boy up. This game looks so pretty. When you're running Diablo 4 at like really high quality, it's, it's stunning to look at. It's really damn good. Now it's time for the Super Chat uh, set. Uh, I keep wanting to say Super Chat session. Section? Session? Section. Segment. Segment is the word I'm looking for. Oh, okay. But I guess it's, it's session also works. session. Yeah, like, session, yeah, session works. Uh, we have one super chat in from Noah Om, who writes in and says, y'all are killing it. Great conversation about service games. I really enjoyed Andy's point that a game may only need to be successful for three to six months. Never thought about it that way. Thank you, Noah Om. Thank you for your $10 super chat. We got Force Inept with a resubscription for 50 months uh, over on Twitch using tier one subscription. It says... Early access starts the 19th? Are you talking about Pal World? Pal World, Mike was streaming it last night. So I think. Did your voice crack when you said Pal World? Pal World? Pal World? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It comes what... to Game Pass on the 19th, I think. Yeah. It does come to Game Pass. So if you got that Game Pass, you can fire that bad boy. Up. Mike is out here breaking embargoes. Is that what's happening? Fucking... No, he ended up streaming it because he saw a lot, of, a lot of other people streaming it as well. Um, but yeah, that's one that I definitely, after watching Mike play it, I was like, you know what? This does look pretty cool. His VOD's up on, on his YouTube channel. Cool. And yeah, like to the three to six months thing, I think that brings me back to like the conversations we had about Outriders where the Outriders devs were like, hey, this isn't a live service. Like this is just a video game. And we played it and it finished it and we're like, all right, cool. Like we just played Outriders. Yeah. We just beat Outriders. It brings me back to when I beat Destiny. And like <laughs> I played 80 hours. I did the, um, no, no, was it called the Leviathan raid? That's not right. What was the first raid in Destiny 2? Vault of Glass. Oh, in Destiny 2? Yeah. That was Leviathan. That I was believe. Leviathan raid? Yeah, okay. I played the yeah. Leviathan raid, beat the motherfucker with the chalice. Yeah. Um, beat that and was like, cool. Yep. Finished Destiny. I, I'm done here. And people were like, oh, no, but there's an expansion coming up. And I was like, did I beat the dude with the, with the chalice in his hand? Yes. Did the credits roll? I don't remember. <laughs> but I beat it. I beat the fucking game. I think if you're making a game as a service game, all you gotta do is like just act like you don't care in order for it to seem successful. Be like, yeah. yeah, we're putting out this game, but like if you don't keep playing it, like it doesn't matter to us. Like we still got you, no problem. Like, I basically multiverses kind of did that. Like <laughs> they were like, Yeah, we're uh, the game was always was always just a fucking early access beta game. We're taking it down. We were like, I thought this is out. We're like, no, man, it's, <laughs> it never officially released. We're unreleasing it so we can work on it for another Very year. Very fascinating. And that game still doesn't have a release date, by the way. It's this year, though, right? It's supposed, to come, it's supposed to come back out this year. And I'm curious on how different this version of the game is going to be from the version we played already. Because the version that came out felt pretty final. That, yeah. fe that felt like a full game. How you... fucked up it would, would it be if, we, uh, if they took out Shaggy? I'd be so mad. I thought you were going to say if they just took it all down. Because I'd see that as a reality as well. Mm. Of them just saying, like, you see, you see that fuck. I could see the JPEG right now. Yeah. The black, uh, oh, it's a black thing with white text, and it's got like a logo. It's like we're sorry. multiverses community. Uh, we're so sorry to bring you the news that 
were ta- similar to what like Amazon Games did with that one game where they came out. Crucible. Crucible, <laughs> yeah. Like, I could see that as a reality, especially after seeing, like, do we want to keep putting money into a product that is already going up against a, you know, look at Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon All-Star, All-Star Brawl 2 that, like, didn't necessarily sell gangbusters either. So, like, yeah. But, like, Multiverses, I think, was doing a lot of things the right way is the thing. And like, I feel like more people were actually talking about Multiverses yeah. rather than the Nickelodeon one. Like, Multiverses made waves in a, in a way that I don't think any of us expected, so. I think because yeah. you saw LeBron throwing a basketball at Velma's face. <laughs> that is true also. Yeah, like, Multiverses was so ridiculous that people kind of had to pay attention yeah. to it. But it was also free-to-play, and I think was doing a lot of the live service battle pass type stuff pretty well. Like I, I, like, I was enjoying it a lot. And, yeah, like, the streets were talking about it. Like, I would see it all over TikTok. Um, whereas, I think Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, in my opinion, I think plays better. Like, I like playing Nickelodeon All-Star, All-Star, All-Star Brawl 2 more. I agreed with, like, the part one. I didn't. I never played part two, yeah. but part when I played better. All-Star Brawl 1, I enjoyed the movement and mechanics a decent amount more than yeah. Multiverses. And so I think that's the weird balance, where Multiverses, I think, just had more hype because, yeah, LeBron's throwing a basketball at Velma. Yeah. But Nickelodeon just played better. I and also, I don't know if that, like, led to people being like, oh, well, it's, it's whatever. Yeah, I, I could also see it uh, being that where WB is just at as a company overall, just trying to get tax write-offs and all that shit. Like, yeah. I could see them going down to this developer and being like, all right, we got to cut it because we we're trying to save as much money for our executives and CEOs. Yeah, they launched, like, the new multiverses with a character just named Max. <laughs> and like the whole, his whole gimmick is that over the course of the match he just fucking dies slowly. <laughs> he just takes more damage david zaslav is the final boss yeah it's like i'm not nobody's hit me why am i at 100 percent? we have one final super chat from cj splits on five dollar super chat over on the switch side says imagine if hellblade and stellar blade came out the same day and that'd be Two like blades that would be another deep impact armageddon release hella stellar blade yeah. hella stellar blade um that would suck because I'm really looking forward to Stellar Blade. Like, I just think that game looks cool. But I would 1,000% play Hellblade before I play Stellar Blade. Me too. I'm putting Stellar Blade on the back burner. I'm sorry. I got to play. I got to see what uh, my girl is up to. I'm going to... See what voices, <laughs> the I'm voices gonna, are saying. I'm going to figure out a way to steal Greg Miller's, like, credit card. And that's, you know, my, my PC is powerful right now. But when Hellblade 2 comes out, I'm going to figure oh, out a way to, like, yeah. I need to play this at NVIDIA uh, Inc. Like, I need to go down there to their studios to yeah. play this on a $40,000 machine. Yeah, you're right about that. I think I'm probably... Yeah, Hellblade is probably going to be a PC joint for me. For sure. Think about all ray tracing it's going to have. Oh. Man, it's going to be Play on the widescreen. Going to find the best pair of headphones, too. That shit is, like, not going to run well day one on PC. <laughs> oh, Hellblade? <laughs> I just have a feeling. Like, it's just... It's every other release. You got to rush that shit out. And, hey, if it drops to 41 frames per second a decent amount of times, we can live with that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it breaks my heart. Did you play the first Hellblade? Oh, yeah. I my one wish for this Hellblade because I love the first Hellblade. Um, probably one of my that was 2017, right? Because uh, first ju- time I played it was a uh, was an Nvidia sponsorship because they added oh. ray tracing to it, and I played it over uh, over the pandemic with I think it was m- me and Mike for most of it with Kevin as well. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Like I, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely I think it was definitely my top ten for whatever year that was. I think it was 2017. 2017 yeah, yeah right. and that was like a very strong year for video games. I burned the shit out of my tongue last night. Some progressive chicken soup. Some, oh, chicken noodle soup. I heard progressive, <laughs> progressive, yeah. Yeah. progressive I, chicken I soup, and I'm like, whoa, like the default, like for Biden, like what's, 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 what's progressive? Well, Honestly, like progressive, the company. I was like, they make chicken noodle soup now. That's fucking weird. It's like what a pivot. Um, but my hope for Hellblade Two, my biggest hope is just that the combat is better because that was my yeah. biggest thing with the with the first one. It's just like the combat I thought was fine, but it was also very one note. Um, it was totally okay. Yeah, totally okay. Whereas everything else in that game, I thought was so fucking sick. Yeah. Um, just make the combat better, and like we're gonna have a masterpiece on our mm-hmm. hands. Go get him. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com. People are joking about Biden being progressive. That was the only name I could pull. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was the only name. Um, kindoffunny.com says you're wrong. You're right, and let us know what we got wrong as we got wrong, so we can correct for those watching later on YouTube, listening there on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Radic says, Andy, you brought up GeForce Now a few times, referring to subscription slash streaming services. Uh, to play a game on GFN, uh, you typically need to own the game. Uh, GeForce Now differs from some other cloud game ah, services right. in that it does not generally offer a library of games included with the subscription. Instead, it allows you to stream games you already own on, uh, you already own on and supported digital stores like Steam, Epic, uh, and Uplay. And it works real well. Like the couple times I've had to, I've used it because of just like testing purposes or whatever. 
Um, GeForce Now is very, very good. I was just like trying to dive into the library of like, what are the other streaming services that aren't Game Pass? Yeah. And I just couldn't really think of anything at that moment. Uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft Plus. You know games come out day and date on Ubisoft? Like Ubisoft games come out day one on Ubisoft Plus. Really? Yeah. Like, in, like I, and I question it every time because Tim brings this up. He's like, you know, like and these games Ubisoft just come out day Plus one. Plus part of Game Pass as well? Or it was or something. I thought there was some partnership. E EA had one at one point. Uh, okay. It's very possible UB does as well. Man, we don't talk about that. These games just come out day and date on Ubisoft Plus. Man, I've been playing that Prince of Persia real good. Yeah? Real good. I gotta get to it. Real good. I'm fucking, I'm juggling redacteds right now. Well, I mean, speaking of juggling, like, once, he, once I discovered that the combat has, like, a bunch of juggling in there, I'm like, holy oh, shit, yeah? this is, like, next <sighs> level type shit. Very good. Uh, and then Tundra Boy said, uh, at the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival in Japan earlier this month, Square said they were planning to launch the beta on Xbox February 21st. Mm. There you go. How about that? How about that? Some, yeah, we're probably not going to hear anything tomorrow at the Xbox developer underscore direct. That's it for your wrong. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerd news you need to know about, live on YouTube, Twitch, and podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad-free, watch us record them live, and get a daily exclusive show. Until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>